one of the things um, about about going forward, uh, and this is not necessarily uh, significant to some, but but for many of us, the the issue is that we're. We're doing everything we can to be light on where we've been and realize that the, the, the scripture is pretty clear, leaving these things behind. The, the things that we know, the, the outpouring of the spirit, the prophecy, the song, all of it is wonderful. And it's, it's, not, it's not that it's been put aside forever because of scripture says we'll do this if God says but it's a very very unknown place that you get up to every morning and offer yourself and we've said it enough and, and I know it's true it is it is one of the verities and 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 with that um, it's unknown. And so it's uh, the tendency of your soul and my soul and my heart and your heart is I've got to do something. And, and we've said it over and over and until you make a deal with God that you're not going to do unless he says do. But even that because it, and, and, and the Lord is understanding. He's a father. We're, we're children, young in, in, the, in the moving in the advance of getting any traction to go forward. And he understands it. But, and, and I don't know if this will help anybody, but for years I've said, uh, is that you, Lord? Uh, should I? Or what? And, and if, I, if I don't get anything, I say, well, let her go. Well, of course I didn't. Usually I just went in anyway. But um, the, the tendency is, um, and the important thing is, if God is giving a nudge, and that may be all it is, and you can say later, he wasn't in it. But it, it there is a trial and an error, and God understands that completely because he's the one that established the whole thing of trust and faith and, and, and he is far more interested than any of us are for advancement for us to come into a, a deeper relationship. And with all that, I, the other morning I woke up and I, and I don't do this. I don't, you know, start, I mean, I wasn't in the morning, it was, well, before some of the people got it, I started singing, uh, Lord, you must bid me come. And uh, I, uh, I felt it was God, and, I, and there are several things within it that I don't need to talk about, that, because that was Emerson's song. And, uh, and I, thought, I felt, well, okay, tonight I'm gonna start. Because really, even even with God using you, when, when he is using you, 
and, and is developing you and me, he, he knows that we're fallible. We're, we're totally dependent. And so go ahead and do, the, do what you felt God said to do. And if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. But it, it doesn't have to be hardwired uh, in a way so that you don't do anything. The offering should be there so that if you get a chance and you're in, you know, alertness. I've had times when I've been so ashamed, I started off the morning big time. I got it, I, and I, I felt like do this, I made the calls, they came back, and nothing was there the rest of the day. But it is not my job to direct myself even in God's traffic if I don't know. Understand? I mean, we're all doing something, and there's still things happening. But I'm talking about when God arrests you, when he says, he gives you a nudge and goes. And I'm on the edge of, you know, taking this. But I, I, I love the song, because there's a purity in it, don't you think? And, I'm in, and I'm, I've been behind the times, because we haven't sung it when I've been here for, for a long time. And I'd just like to start the night with that as a kind of a prayer before we gather. We can sing it and then gather. Is that all right? If you don't, you don't have to sing it if you don't want to. And God knows uh, I'll try to uh, mouth it, brother, and uh, Gabriel can lead us in that. Let's stand. Because when he bids you come, you'll come. And if he insists that you be there, You'll be there. Uh, our, uh, our friend, uh, who lost a, a chunk of his time in the whale, uh, he is fairly sure wherever he is tonight, and I think he's alive, I think he probably has this clear understanding that I don't get my way in everything. And I, I had a, 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 a trick planned to Tarshish, and God messed us up. And I think that left a scar somewhere in his memory, I, and maybe God lets him forget it. I, I don't know for sure. But uh, I do know that free choice can be overrated. You have a God who's going to get you home. And he bids you to come. And he helps you to go. So let's sing. That's a beautiful song. And, and please pray for me because I, I'm thinking, uh, I mean, several times I've made moves toward Emerson. And, and I, I, uh, I love him. I, nothing there has changed with me. But, uh, you know, these things you have to uh, deal with. And, and, and I, know, I know that many of you, your relation with solid uh, with him and uh, I'm I just like to see uh, uh, some changes
seems like the weather is changing. And I've seen a lot of jokes about old people getting aches and pains uh, as a sign that the weather's changing. So I've been getting some aches and pains, extra ones. So I think it's confirmation that winter's coming. Um, I noticed that certain things that you laugh about when you're younger, you don't laugh about them as you get a little older. They're not, they're not so funny. And who are these insensitive young people espousing these kinds of things? The, uh, <clears throat> I think all of us are in... Uh, a deliverance service <clears throat> without a lot of uh, fanfare and um, a chair in the middle of the room or um, casting out demons and I, I mean I'm not saying you should have demons and Paul advises he would not that you communicate with demons. I've always thought that was sound advice. Uh, and I think every one of us has communicated with demons at times. We join in with the chorus and agree with the, the wrong thing. Um, but I believe every one of us is being delivered. And you read a lot of scriptures about breaking the yoke, the anointing breaks the yoke, and, and God setting the prisoners free at liberty and, and um, to them that are bound. And I, I believe that there was a death blow uh, to the old creature. He was buried, he's dead. Jesus laid his life down before us and put that man of sin away. But we're in a process of being delivered, I believe. And I guess I could define it by saying we're being delivered from what is natural. And actually uh, coming into a strengthening of the bond of the spirit. And so uh, that is where all of us are somewhere along the way. And um, it's amazing the level of uh, bonding that you and I have, the kind of glue we have to the natural. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, I think it's 49. Uh, I think I'll read it because I like the way it's written. But it says, uh, as we... have borne the image of the earthy uh, as we've carried that around uh, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly and I suppose if uh, I, I think perhaps 49 in, encapsulates in my mind the deliverance service that's going on you and I have borne about carried about the natural um, and God has said, I've separated your sin away, your transgressions. I've made a, a great <laughs> chasm and gap 
as far as the east is from the west, but now you're in a processing, and we call it growth, uh, but it's that you and I are being delivered from bearing about the image of the earthy and actually coming into uh, the, the, the scripture says you shall also bear the image of the heavenly and then it goes on it says for this corruptible it's a few verses away from there um, must I, I, I like the language here must put on incorruption. Um, and this mortal must uh, put on immortality. It's a, the must there is the thing that you've been bound to must be broken. And what must occur is that something else grows up in us. Okay? And it says, so when... And do you like that language tonight? I mean, maybe you could be encouraged by the message tonight. I don't know. I don't have anything fancy, perhaps. But look at the language. Okay, I just read two verses and nobody shouted. And that's okay. You don't need to shout. I'm not a big fan of public display of affection. I'm not against affection. But somebody had a term... Uh, they called it cheerleader Christianity. Which, ooh, sorry. Did I offend somebody with that? But that's not what it's about. There's a, in the secret place of your life, there is deliverance service going on. Every single one of our lives. And so it says, so when... Is anybody happy about so when? It doesn't say so maybe. It says so when. This corruptible shall have put an incorruption and this mortal shall have put an immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of the sin of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore... My beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in this work that God is doing. Um, that's what God is after. And I, if I, let me just say this at the beginning. You are to be abounding in this bond with the Spirit. And I am to be abounding in this bond with the Spirit. And people say... Uh, Hear God, I mean, we preach, we live with that for so long. Hear God and do what he says. And I think we should have stopped at hear God. Let's not say anything else. Hear God, because you and I are in the process of being extricated from what is natural in our lives to actually becoming what is functional um, uh, by actually this functional relationship with the Holy Spirit. Where I feel the spirit consolidating my message. <laughs> I want to get to the essence of this. <laughs> well, let's look in First uh, Corinthians chapter two. But let me, just, let me before you go there. Let me just say this: as a natural example, 
for the, the strength it takes to break the gravity with the earth is 25,000 miles per hour or seven miles a second, right? Now, some of you drive too fast here, but nobody. Seven miles a second. And, and so, but I get, I get excited. I saw a guy, he's, I think it's a world record uh, of a vertical jump. I think, I don't know if it's changed since it was 2022, but, but running and jumping, he jumped 50 and a half inches off the ground. That seems pretty high. 50 and a half. No, 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 not broad. I can jump 50 and a half broad, maybe. Maybe. Um, I don't want to overstate. <laughs> I still have a lot of things in my mind that just aren't true in real life. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, no, he runs up and they measure the jump and it's 50 and a half inches. So just over four feet. That's the world record. Now, the man standing still, who has the record for standing still and jumping, has jumped up. Uh, I think 46 inches. That's pretty good. I mean, I'm impressed when I see that. Like, I think, wow. I, I watched, uh, you know, basketball players, and I mean, they have a they have a slight advantage in that they're six foot ten, but they're soaring over that ten foot rim. And that was the first thing I noticed when I walked into the gym that they changed the height of that rim. I don't know who made it so high, but it didn't used to be that high, it seems like. And I thought, how did I ever play this game? Like, how did I get it up that high? And anyway, but I, I think about being impressed with that, and I think, and it says God is not, doesn't take any pleasure in the legs of a man. Have you ever read that scripture? It's Psalm 147. And he said, I got no pleasure in the legs of a man. Okay, he let some guys come out with legs that jump 50 inches or maybe a few, a handful. But he said, that is nothing. The work that I'm doing to extricate you from the pull of this earth, from the gravitational pull, that is of a, a magnificence and a magnitude that is uh, incredible. That is really the power of God. And so that's why I want to turn to 1 Corinthians 2. You finding another number? What is it? 67? Are you sure? I mean, you can't believe everything on the internet. 67. Okay. Well, still though, <laughs> even with 67. Um, but in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul says, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith doesn't stand in the wisdom of men, uh, but actually in the power of God. Uh, you and I must be counting on the power of God. 
to extricate you from all that is earthy into what actually is heavenly. And, and, and this, isn't, this isn't news. It's just, it must become functional in my life. And it must become functional in our lives so that I am acutely aware that I actually need this bond with the Spirit so I know exactly uh, what he's really after with me because I misevaluate. I, I, have, I could give you testimony after testimony after testimony of misevaluation. Not based on anything particular except being natural. Except I look at something and, and through the, the brilliance of my five senses, I come up with a response. And the thing I have found out is that perhaps God's not there at all. In that analysis or in that response about what I see and what I feel and what I hear and uh, <clears throat> all of that. Our faith must stand in the power of God to get us up and out. It says, um, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered. It's further down in the verse, verse 9. Into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. I love the scripture before because it says, um, we speak wisdom of God in a mystery. It's a hidden mystery which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of the world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Do you understand the magnitude of God uh, where he's bringing us into where we bear the image of the heavenly that is above the principalities and powers did not see what was going on. And actually they were used to, for the very purpose of God. And it said if they had known, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have followed that in, right? So, um, but it says, verse 10, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely to given us of God, um, which things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. See, it, there, it's impossible for the natural man to comprehend the work of the Spirit of God. It's absolutely impossible. And what I would say to us is that God help us to, for the power of the glue to the natural to be broken so that we can be lifted up out of it and let the Spirit reveal to us the deep things of God and what actually is going on. Otherwise, this is a miserable existence. I get tired of us getting up here and saying how much affliction is going on. I do. I'm not blaming anybody or looking at you. I've done the same thing. Because I know God must bring us into something. But he is, the reason he brings us into something is to realize the futility of staying bound to what is natural. And get us up above to see the, the kind of work that only he can do and the magnificence of that work. 
to get us unbound. Um, and <clears throat> so then it, it goes on in, in um, Luke 24. I'd like to look over there, the story. Maybe this will encourage you. Because Jesus, you know, Jesus told the disciples plainly what was going to happen. And, and they probably, I don't know, they're like us probably. That went to a lot of services <clears throat> that Jesus had and say amen. I used to laugh because people sometimes would shout in a, in a service. They'd shout, what a word. Did you ever hear that? I always thought that was funny. Um, particularly if there wasn't anything really going on from the pulpit. <laughs> Maybe the intonation. What a word. <laughs> um, but in, in Luke 24, I like this story, so I'm going to read it. It's um, the beginning of it is, um, you know, the women get to the, the grave and there's two men. They're shining men, it says, I think. Yep. It came to pass as they were much perplexed. Behold, two men by them in shining garments. Now that seems like that would get your attention. Right? Shining garments. 24-4. And they bowed their faces to the earth and they said, you know, and they were afraid. And the, the angels said, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Remember <laughs> how he told you about this? In uh, verse 7, it says, this, said, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And then they remembered his words. Right. And so then they returned and it was three women, Mary Magdalene, Joanna and Mary, the mother of James. Well, not just three. It says other women were with them and they went and told the apostles all these things. And verse 11, this is what I wanted to get to. And their words seemed to them as idle tales. And I thought, God, help me. How many days do I spend in idle tales? What seems to me to be an idle tale. And it wasn't for lack of church. It wasn't for lack of services. It wasn't for, uh, for lack of Jesus communicating effectively. He was an effective communicator of what was going to happen. Do you remember when he said, right? But in order for this uh, message, in order for the word, in order for the life to be functional with us, um, something has to take place and um, they seem to them as idle tales and they believe not and it goes on and then you know Jesus meets two of them on the road to Emmaus and it came to pass while they communed verse 15 together in reason Jesus drew himself near and went with them but their eyes were holding that they should not know him 
And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? I think that is the best the natural man can do about spiritual things that are going on. Why is this going on? Why is that happening? And the best you can come up with on the basis of five senses, on the basis of being bound to natural, is that this is a bad scene. All I can produce is sadness in that level of communication. And so then Jesus, I, I, you know, it's great because here I am standing outside of the Bible, looking at a historic event, perhaps, knowing the end of the story, knowing that Jesus, you know, it's like I, I'm standing with Jesus, knowing that these guys are really silly. And so he says, well, what things? What things should, what things you want to tell me about? What's going on? And, you know, they, they said, are you the only person in the whole place that doesn't know what's happening? Like, get a life, <laughs> right? And uh, so they went through and did their, did their best. <laughs> and, and Jesus, and he says, and there's certain women, verse 22 of the company, they made us astonished. Because they said they found not his body. Um, anyway, and certain of them which went with us found it even so, as one said, but they didn't see him. And finally, it seems as verse 25, Jesus has had enough, kind of, you know, like, it has that sense. He says, oh, fools, and slow of heart to believe. And I think, ugh. And when I was in school, I loved to have the answer first. But I have to tell you, I have discovered that I'm a fairly slow student. And when he says, oh, fools, you know what he's saying? Oh, sensual ones. You know what he's saying? Oh, you that are bound to your five senses. Do you know what the problem with this place is when there's a problem? I'm not assuming there are problems. <laughs> it's that we are, we are glued to our senses. We're glued in our responses. We look at each other. We look at our circumstances and, and, and our five senses that just kick in. It's not like you say, I'm going to wait on my five senses to find out what they're thinking. Right? You don't do that. They just, it's spontaneous. And I think what the, the, I think the Spirit of God is spontaneous too. And I think the spontaneity that we are to bear also of the heaven is the spontaneity of spirit. Right? So anyway, he goes on and it says, um, in the beginning, he, he talks about Moses and all the prophets, and he expounds to them all the scriptures, things concerning himself. And anyway, they, they constrain him, plead, abide with us. It's toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went to tarry with him. It came to pass, verse 30, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave to them, and their eyes were open. Do you know what, you know what the difference was? 
their source. He broke the bread and he handed it to them. He blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to them. They ate and their eyes were opened. You know what that means? It means this, the source changed. And, and uh, you know, I've been thinking about more and more and more how... Um, well, Paul says it in Philippians 1. Um, he's talking about being in prison. He said, one preaches Christ this, one preaches Christ that. He says, but I know that all this will turn by your prayers, right? By your supplications. Um, I'm sorry. I've got to read it. I didn't really write it. Oh, did you? For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit. What a, I think that is such an important verse. Because I'm finding something. Yeah, Philippians, just a few chapters later. Be careful for nothing or be anxious for nothing. Chapter four. But in everything. But in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known under God. Can I tell you something? I am finding myself. You would. I'm finding myself and it's it's almost silly to my my senses but I am starting to pray about things I never even I prefer sadness and heaviness and oppression apparently because I've done a lot of counseling and communication like these guys on the road to Emmaus and the best that I can come up with is sadness he says by everything and you know I just gotta tell you this God doesn't have to answer everything I ask about. But I do have the confidence that he hears. But I have to trust, and you have to trust, that he knows what he needs to give me an answer about. And I just had two experiences recently, because I find myself praying like I couldn't find an employee for, for weeks to clean on base. I had a girl quit it. Three o'clock in the afternoon, right? Like, she wasn't going to tell me either. Thankfully, Vic, she quit with Vicky about the work Vicky gave her. But she was, I don't know if she was even going to let me know, like, till Sunday night at eight. I don't know. It's weekend work. And so, and uh, I've been through a lot of people. And so finally, after a few weeks of sadness, I got so inspired I prayed. <laughs> Honestly, if they were giving out Sunday school pins, I'd have a few extras. It's a little thing, so 
some some lady responded. I had my wife put an ad and all that. Some a couple people responded. Nobody got back with me. And this one lady, she responded and um, and then she went silent <laughs> for a week. And so I went back into communication with sadness and. Um, I said, Lord, I really need an employee, right? I'm going to travel and, I'm, you know, I'm going to leave. I'm okay right now, God, when I'm home. It's okay. You don't have to, you don't have to answer me today, but I need this by... <laughs> anyway, and my prayer was answered. I got a, uh, it looks like a lady is going to be great. She's got incentive. She works on the weekends already. I mean, I really, I really had a great time with it. But, and hopefully it'll work out. And I prayed for something else. I'm not going to tell you what it was. But it was answered immediately. You have some stuff? There's always a guy in the room that wants you to work out his relationship. But when Paul says, by everything... Everything by prayer and supplication, make your request known. Do you, what are you going to wait? Am I going to wait till I'm good at, good at the relationship to relate? Did any of you that got married wait until you were ready to be a husband or a wife? I mean, it's so funny when we say, ah, I didn't. We make people say things at the altar, the vows that we make. Oh, my goodness. And there's a few things that, that this man right here that's telling me to be quiet didn't even bring up at the altar that I had to face that he didn't even mention. You weren't ready for this relationship and you hardly had much to say about it to begin with. He went after you. That's how you got where you got. That's why, how you got born again. That's how you got baptized in the Spirit. I got baptized in the Spirit when I was 11 years old. And I should be further along, I know. At 11. And, but just let me tell you how wicked, wickedness was still working. Because I wouldn't admit to my mother or my grandmother that it actually happened. I was prayed for at Gray Ledges and... and and they were all excited, like a parent would be, and I said nothing happened. And secretly at night, when my head hit the pillow, I'd pray in tongues. But I didn't let them know. <laughs> I, didn't do, I didn't do anything for that. God brought you along. And I hope you are coming into that, boy, I want this bond of the Spirit to grow. This awareness of the Spirit that will wake me up because I need to be, that's such a bad word to use, you can't even use the word anymore, woke. Woke. Awakened to the Spirit. You don't need to be woke to devils. You've already been woke to devils. 
That's not new. I need to be awakened to this bond of the spirit and to the breaking of the bond with my five senses. But I mean in a functional way that's functional in my life so that everything's by prayer and supplication making my requests known to God. Because this relationship is invisible, but it is more real than anything that's visible. And, and it says, you know, uh, blessed are those that believe without seeing. And it means to perceive by any of the senses. Without that, without the senses being engaged. I don't see it. I don't sense it. I don't feel it. Because you and I, in the secret place of our lives, God is extricating us from the bond we have with the natural man that lives only on the basis of five senses and has no capacity to comprehend and see the magnificence of where God is taking us. So I, I, I think I'll be all done. It says, if you lack the Holy Ghost, that's Luke 11. He goes through, he says, if you need bread, you know, will you get a rock? If you need fish, will you get a serpent? You know, something about a scorpion. What was that? Something. He says, how much more? How much more will your heavenly Father give the Spirit to those that ask? Let me just give you one line of a really good prayer. Lord, my sources, my sources are talking to me. <laughs> and the result is sadness. So Lord, how about this prayer? Give us this day our daily bread. How about that prayer? Lord, here I am again. And honestly, Lord, <laughs> I can't see a darn thing. I need your bread today. Give me this day, Lord, the bread I need. Because I need bread every single day. What do you think the 40 years of manna was all about? Why that enormous demonstration? Have you ever heard anybody talk about how much that was? It was a lot. It was truckloads and truckloads every day. Right? Why is that there? Because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Let me just say, give yourself an opportunity when you get up or any time. Lord, give me this day my daily bread. I need, that's what I have to have. I think I, my senses are telling me I have to have a lot of other stuff. My senses are that, man, I need to be treated differently. Man, I need answers. Man, I need this. I need that. And, and the truth is, I, I don't know what I need. I don't know what the daily bread is that I need to have. I just know I need to have that source working in me. Because unless I do, my eyes don't get open to the deep things of God that God is doing in our hearts. Amen.
Thank you, David. Um, there's a there's a line in. Uh, Hebrews, just before it talks about leaving things behind, that, that talks about the five senses. Because, because you have become new, you have the capacity as you uh, and I open ourselves up to what is uh, uh, the dimension that's unseen, that our senses uh, grow. Now just listen to it. For when you ought, uh, this is in Hebrews, for when the time came you ought to be teachers, yet need that one teach you again uh, the first principles of the oracles of God and have become such as need milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. And if you want a self-evaluation, and it's, uh, this can be a problem, uh, but you want, you want to certainly ask God about it. But um, it says, strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, those who by reason of use, God, I can't see, you can. He can change the, your sense of sight to where you walk up, you look at a person, and God will speak to you something that you might give them or a need. And you know yourself, if, even if you feel clunky, you, you run into people all the time that uh, you know they're, they're, they're in pain. You don't know exactly what it is, and sometimes you just are quiet and, and they say, well, how are you doing? And uh, I usually say, well, I'll be all right. Because sometimes you, you carry that. But, and, and, it, and it's, it's the same thing with um, hearing. You can, you can hear in a dimension that you've never heard before because you're, you're before God and you say, I, I must hear you. And, and, I, and I call it a nudge, because I, I, I think, well, God has told me people, there was a sister, I, I think she might even still be here. And, uh, oh, maybe I should pass it up. He says, well, God told me. And I had to tell her that God, didn't, that God told me that I was to be at Whitestone and my son was gonna be here. And uh, I, I said, well, I, I didn't hear that. And, and I, I didn't take it just because someone said, God told me. Uh, later on, we found out that uh, the child that was born was a girl, so she missed that part. And uh, we, we, it was a long time before confirmation came. Don't absolutely abandon and say, well, I can't see that it's got to be, you know, come in another way. Uh, your sense of smell. Now, there are times I have never, I've been with people who have smelled demon power. They've said there's, there's something 
filthy here, and they smell a dimension uh, that's not of this earth. It wasn't, you know, a heavy pepper, uh, you know, being steamed or something. So let's understand that in regard to, to your senses. Your senses can be sharpened so that you can move in a dimension that you have never believed in or never seen by the natural. And so you, but only God can bring that to you and he'll only bring it to you if, if you ask him for it and pursue and believe that it's available to you. And that's available sometimes. I mean, if, if ministry can't see, then uh, they, need to, they need to get in, into that thing. But um, it has to do with reason of youth. Okay. Uh, and one of the things that I, um, I wanted to say to you tonight, uh, because and you, I've said it over and over, and I'll try to say it another way. There's nobody on the earth who's doing anything more significant in terms of going forward as you have. And what David said tonight has to come by the Spirit. It is not going to come by effort, by sweat, by, okay, now I, I you know, uh, intensity of, of your direction. It has to come on the basis of trust and prayer. That you trust him, and and that you 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 you're not full steam ahead. You, you, it would be good to slow down. I'm, and and here I just want you to hear this as we close tonight in Job 38. It, it, you'd be smart to turn there and read the whole thing because it's the end of of uh, Job's trial. Right there, it's right as. And, and God has been listening to Job. He's listening to the fact and all that. And, and so God has something to say to Job here. And, and, uh, and here, here's what he says. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkened counsel by words without knowledge? And then he says this. And this is, I mean, I, I thought of it and I've never, I've never seen it. You know, just even sitting here looking at the thing. Gird up the loins of like a man, for I will demand of thee. Now that's big stuff. I will demand of thee and answer thou me. I'm demanding you to answer me. And it, and it really isn't a demand because there's no way that Job can answer what God is asking. So it's about, it's, it's about as close, it kind of reminded me of, of what happens there at, uh, when, <laughs> when he says, come here a minute, uh, count the stars there if you can. Uh, well, anyway, your heritage is gonna be like that. So it's, it's, it's irony, it's irony. He knows Job cannot answer that. And there are questions all through this. And, and I'll, I'll read a couple of them. But when you think about it, you're in the middle of a test. And when I'm down, when I'm beaten, when, I, when I'm, I've failed and I've had a lot of it, and even I've seen it in, 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 in literature when I was teaching that the great writers 
just about, I mean, F. Scott Fitzgerald, he was on the edge of suicide at 23 years old because he was a failure and he was down. And he, and, and he, and he got up one more time and wrote uh, This Side of Paradise. And, and he became the number one writer in, in America. He was ready to quit. It was over. I'm done. Uh, and, and several times, and he had a miserable life of up and down. And if there's anybody that is scarred and dealt with, uh, it was F. Scott Fitzgerald, very tender guy, and a wonderful writer. Some of you maybe get a chance to, to read it. But when he was at his worst state, God got behind him because he's a heavenly father. And he, I, I don't think he knew God, he was a Catholic, but I don't think he had any relationship and God is asking of you to do what you cannot do unless you're totally dependent on him and without any natural resource of your own that he has to be the total resource. And, and without that, this, this place is, is, is really dull. It's a dull work factory if we aren't in another dimension and seeing and then experiences this as David was telling you about. And he, he was kind of laughing at himself, but all of us are, the reason you joined him because that's where he's been. That's where you are. You know that you don't know and you can't get there from here. At least in the way you've been. Anyway, and he says, uh, and answer me. And then he says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Well, what is he going to say? Uh, who has laid the measures thereof? If you know us, or who has stretched the line upon it? Where are the foundations thereof fastened? Who laid the cornerstone thereof? And, and I'm skipping around here. And he said, hitherto uh, thou come, but no further. And thou shalt, shall the proud waves be stayed? Has thou commanded the morning since you've been alive, since your days? Did you tell the morning to come? And so he's after him. And, and I can't think of anything you know, that is you know, more indicating a dependence. I've waited and waited and waited. And I thought, and I still think, and I, you know, when I ask you guys to sing that song tonight, I wanted you to sing it. And, 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 and pray, and I'm sure you have at times, because I know some of you care and you miss uh, our brother, and God's gonna take care of him. I'm not fretting over it. I've been, you know, I've been accused of being an ice cube about it, and there's some you know, Alaskan frozen out. But I, I haven't been, and, and, I, and I know that God will answer in time. He may not answer in my time, but that's not important. It's important that, uh, that we understand our limitations and go to God for these things. Uh, has thou commanded the morning since your days? Have you ever done anything like said, morning come? At midnight, you know, like, I thought of it. You go out, it's midnight, it's dark out there. I don't like the dark. Who was it that said they didn't like the dark? And they were afraid of that. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I, I come down here when it's really dark and I see things that aren't there and then I think, well, why am I seeing them? 
Well, because they've been there. And do you know that if you, uh, I won't go there, we'll go back to the five senses. But when, when, you, when you understand, when you understand that God is inviting you to come up to the fullness of where he is so that you will know what God knows. You are a walking son today. Christ on the earth becoming the intention of his family. And so it's not going to come, you know, like a taffy pull. It's not going to come that way. It's going to come with every aspect of your dependence and your cry to him to, to deliver the promises that he had for us. And here it is. Has thou entered into the springs of the sea? Or have you walked in the search of the depth? Have the gates of death been opened unto thee? Or have you seen the doors of the shadow of death? Well, of course he couldn't see that. Everything that God asked, everything that he said, you can't do it, Sonny. You can't get there without me. But, but, the, but the flip side of it, and I, don't, and I don't know the degree of the toughness of this land, but I honestly don't. I wouldn't attribute it all to a, your Heavenly Father. But I think he, he allowed it to be there. And when we understand our total dependence, when we can get that, I, I, I was talking about with this with a brother earlier this morning. When will we come to the place of, of God? I absolutely want to be full out of any capacity so that you will fill me and so you will trust me. And you could, there are many sitting here tonight that could be standing and erect when God decides to absolutely say, enough! And I, my prayer to God is, how much are you going to allow on this earth, great God? It looks so perverse and so dark beyond anything. And I find myself like some, some old man trying to avoid it and escape the reality of it because it's so perverse and dark and our babies are growing up and my grandchildren. And there's something in me that still has a little bit of a fight, but I can't do anything. Neither can you, but you can, you can say, God, fill me. Give me the constancy. You can do that. You're not without that. And when you're hurting and when you're, when a doctor's looking at you and going through, you say, thank you, Lord, for it. <laughs> what a demand. The most righteous man in the world, God says, how about this? How about that? How about that? He's saying, you can't. Please understand that. Can we really leave here tonight and say, God, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for one another. We're not going to be so shallow in fear that we can't go somewhere for people because we still have the filth of humanity hanging on us. Like dirty meat, like a, a foul putrid thing at times. Not all the time. 
but there's little segments and gossip pockets and things that are here. And only God, only God, only the Spirit of God can change that. God help us. Let's believe that he wants to because his energy is there and the greatest power on earth you have available to you have access to that power. Think. And what, a, what a, an embarrassing thing it's going to be when you see him and we absolutely were so limp. We didn't do anything about it. Bow your hands. Thank you, Lord. Father, how long? How long until that day comes? We don't know. We, we sense at times your urgency. And we ask you to give us your peace and your understanding that there's no way to get there from here without your great source, without your silent power of love <laughs> that's stronger than anything that man has done and that you made the world and that you, you, you gave the Christ, the multitude of, of Christs to grow into your great family. We thank you for it and ask you to help us to stay in a greater contact with you. For your sake we 